Hard to believe another Christmas is right around the corner. I don't know if because I'm getting older or if it's just for everybody. It seems like time is just zipping right along. Won't be many more days. We'll be starting a, a new year. And uh, so we uh, we look at the, the calendar and, and today, especially being Christmas being tomorrow, that we uh, have a a dictation about what we usually talk about and we can talk about the the prophecy we can talk about the the nativity scene or more popular these days is just talking about the uh the evilness of christmas but we're not gonna we're not going to do that today we're going to look at something a little bit more inviting something a little bit more teachable and hope to build more of a connection with god so let's get started with a little bit of God's Word from Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and we shall call his name Emmanuel. And 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hope today to give you something new to think about. You know, we can very well get bogged down in tradition and expectations. And I just want to think of things and look at things from a little bit different and fresh perspective this morning. Now we've seen, uh, give you a couple examples of many that prophesizes the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus. It tells how he will come. And it tells who he will be. Now, why is that significant? Well, one reason is no other person has ever, we've ever known about before they are here. We can think of any other great person that you might insert into that category. And there is no record of them before they achieved what they have achieved. Now, you may can look back in history and you can see about the early lives of different people. But that only came into play once they had a significance. Once that they did something, gained some kind of notability, only then would people go back and look at the origins. But that only goes back so far. We can only go back to their birth. But for Jesus... We knew he was coming long before. 
long before there was ever a pregnancy, long before that his earthly mother would be here, long before all of that, we knew that Jesus was coming. We also know what to expect from Him. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Prince of Peace. These are all things that was known well before He was ever a reality on this earth. No one else has ever done that. No one else has ever done that. You know, I think back to when I first found out that I was going to become a father. That you knew this person was coming. But it takes so many weeks into the process before you can even get an idea if it's going to be a boy or a girl. And even then, it's only through the sonogram, and sometimes that's not even foolproof, that you even have that much information. And the fact of the matter is, even when they they get here, you don't really know who that person is going to become. As they grow up, even as they become an adult, you still don't have that full realization about who they're going to become. But Jesus, he had his purpose from the very beginning. There was no doubt who he was going to become because he came here as that person. He didn't evolve. He didn't grow. He didn't change. He came here as that purpose with purpose. I wonder that when God created man, since nothing is a surprise to God, that he knew at that moment that man was going to fail. I believe that the rescue plan of Jesus, and that's what Jesus is. He is a gift. And he's done so many things for us. And often this time of year, we talk about his birth, how he came into this world as a baby in swaddling clothes, born in that major underneath these harsh circumstances. But I believe that the story started well before that. That was always his purpose. That he knew from the very beginning, from when 
breath was first breathed into man that he would have to accomplish the things that he had accomplished. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the different things that goes on this time of year. And it's a, a time of sadness and depression. And many people have ill feelings about the holidays. It makes them lonely. It makes them sad. It makes, gives anxiety. And it's a time where we should really cling to God. That we should seek out His peace. That it should be a representation and a reminder of everything that Jesus has done for us. And we should celebrate him, not only because of what the calendar says, but as a year-long, lifelong commitment. Because he's given so much to us. And as we talked about many times, that everyone now has a platform for which they can put their opinions and their ideas upon the world. And as we see more and more of that, we see a lot of, of negativity. And we see that a striking down of the season, to breaking it down into its negative roots and trying to do away and, and push away from it. As we said, that every day is a day that the Lord has made. And of course, we may not have all the, the details right. We may not be doing everything by the book, so to speak. But God's after what is in our hearts. And if we take and we do things that are good in our hearts and we put that out towards the world, that's the kind of thing that God's looking for. To be able to share Jesus. To be giving, compassionate, loving, all the things that Jesus is. We get so consumed in the details that we push everything to the side, everything gets blurred and we lose our sight of our purpose and our focus and what we should be doing. This time of year, many people are looking for some sort of hope. And a common question I hear is, God, if you are real, why don't you show yourself? If I could only see, then I could believe. And of course, you know, we can give the example of faith and talk about free will and, and all the things that we do to talk about why God is just not in the forefront and why he's not making a spectacle of things to let him, everyone know of his existence. We can even look at the examples that we see here in his word. We have the, the magi, the wise men. They're 
following a star, based on a prophecy, based on this spectacle, because they know what is happening, what's going on. And we should use that as an example for our faith to believe what God has told us and to just follow through with that. You know, it's real easy to, to say those kind of things, especially when you're a believer, because we've already jumped over that hurdle. For many of us, we have actually seen God work in our lives. You know, and that's one of the, the big things that we are supposed to do is to share that with others. We need to realize that things are not just an accident. Things are just not a coincidence. Things are not stuff that we do, but what God does. And those are the kind of things that we need to be sharing. That's why it's so important that during the storms, during the hard times, that we keep a positive, faithful attitude for God. Because it's important for us to maintain our faith, to build our faith, to get stronger to be able to overcome, to have that peace that only He can bring, but also to be an example for others to show everyone else that real-life human example about how it is to have God in your life. To show them what they are missing out on. Why doesn't God show Himself? All right, so let's take away... What we just talked about. Because while we're talking about people that are struggling with faith. Struggling with faith. So it's hard to tell someone to have faith and all these things about faith when they don't have the foundation to be able to build upon it to start off with. So let's look at it in a, in a constructive way. How would God go about revealing himself? Could you imagine if he just came down, he peeked back the curtain? We see from the word that we can't look upon him that way. And for him to look upon us, he had, we had to be covered by the blood of Jesus to cover up our sin because he couldn't look upon that. There was a, a deep divide. And us being in our human condition and God being the greatness, the awesomeness that he is, there is still a divide because we cannot comprehend everything and anything that is God. We just get a small sliver of what our human minds know as God. What we know is love, mercy, and compassion. What we know by the things that are driven by emotions and feelings. We can't comprehend everything that he is. So that's really not going to work. God is everywhere all at once. He is etched things on our hearts. The word tells us that, that he is etched his things, 
His laws, His Word on our hearts so we can pull from that. We have His Spirit in us. But yet we still have the, the choice and the ability to choose or not choose Him. Free will. So why doesn't God just etch that into our minds that He is real, that He is there? And we'd have to ask ourselves, what is God trying to accomplish? All God has ever wanted to do was to have a family. Remember that God was perfectly content Without us. He is content with himself. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything. We are an addition. He made us because he loves us. And he wants to have a relationship with us. And we have to go back. We have to think about our relationships. Do we want someone to choose us or do we want someone to be forced to choose us? Think about that. Would you rather have a magical little potion that you could just sprinkle over someone's head and that's going to make them fall madly in love with you? Or would you rather have them choose you? They choose you because they love you they want to be with you, and together you're better. What do you think God wants from us? He can force anything that He wants, He has the servitude of the angels. He didn't need more of that. What he wants is a relationship. He wants us to choose him. He could do uh, things of works, miracles. Amazing events. And he has. We talked about the star. We've seen things throughout the, the Old Testament parting of the seas. Walls falling down. But there's always someone that comes along that thinks they know better and is always trying to prove things away. They say when the Red Sea parted that it was a, a series of events and it had to do with gravitational pull and tides and, and these things on that and it was just something that happened naturally. It wasn't nothing to do with God. We debate about things of the universe and how it started. Because science wants to have a reason 
for everything. And that reason can't be God. They want to have scientific proof. And the thing is that everything can't be proved with with science. So what do they do is they come up with theories. They come up with mathematical equations to put some kind of explanation on the things that they cannot explain. But you know, the the problem with that is, is that it always comes back to God. See, because they tell us that there was an explosion, a big bang. And from that, the universe was formed. That all these things came together and that was the start of everything. And from that, life came and we evolved and here we are today. But there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. See, because science teaches us that everything has to have a beginning. Everything has to have a beginning. And if it didn't have a beginning, it would just be a continual strain of events. It's like dominoes. You stack them up in a line. And you take your finger and you push the one. The one falls into the other, so on and so forth, until they all fall upon the ground. But here's the thing. What started it all is when you touched that first domino. Without that touch, none of the rest of the things happen. And if you went from the end to the beginning and played it back and you stacked them all back up, it's the same thing. It all ends with that touch. Everything has to have a beginning. There has to be something that starts it. And everything happens this way. So what made that big bang that they say? See, there's no, there's no answer for that. There's not even any talk of that. Nobody ever talks about what happened other than it just did. But see, there's one explanation. Because God is the beginning. God has always been. And He is the thing that sets everything in motion. God is the thing that sets everything into motion. He is that touch. He's the one that's knocking over that first domino. For a long period of time, we've been taught a certain way and we believe things to be a certain way. And now as we have more access to information and more people are thinking and coming together and sharing ideas, it seems that maybe everything that we think to be so 
may not be. That maybe science might be wrong about the shape of the earth or how old it is. Because all these theories don't have a beginning. But the thing about it is with God, he's always the beginning. There's always a start. And the more and more we realize that, the more and more things of the world start to make sense. And more and more things line up with the word of God. That's kind of a a wonder there, don't you think? When you can look at this text that's been written so long ago by so many hands and we see things that in today's modern world it fits in there so perfectly because it was designed that way with purpose. We go back and we look and every time we see something of amazement or spectacle, we see it as something else. And even as as believers, we walk around saying praise Jesus, we have faith, we know God's real, we talk to him, we do all these things. We find it hard to give him the credit for it. We say that the doctor healed me, that this was good fortune. We have all these different excuses of things that happen, and we don't call it what it is, which is God. We get used to things. You know, if God went around in the noon made the, the sun go dark. If he lit up the sky in the middle of the night. If he parted the waters. We'd have people that was coming up with some kind of theory about why these things would happen. And for many of us, we would believe it wholeheartedly because... It's easier to to believe that than to accept God because we're so afraid that God's going to change our lives and impact us in a negative way that we don't want to accept Him, that we want to stay away from Him, that we want to just live our lives and do the bare minimum. And we get used to things. They stop having their lackluster. Can you remember when you first became a Christian and the passion that you had for it? That you were so excited that your life was changed, that fire was burning bright, and then over time, it just seems to quench. We was... uh, running a few errands yesterday and just being out and about. And one thing that I made the comment of is that it don't seem like that as many people you know, decorate for the holidays anymore. You don't see near as many things set up and as many lights. And, and I was wondering about that. If it's, is it just the state of the world or perhaps that the generations that enjoy that kind of thing 
are not able to or not around anymore to be able to do that. And this younger generation is just not as interested. You know, it used to be 20, 30, 40 years ago that the focus of everything you saw was about Jesus. You had a nativity scene was part of each and every setup. You've seen the word Jesus spread out in lights. Signs like he's the reason for the season. And now, when I do these things, I see more of a green Grinch than I do anything else. We get used to things and slowly over time, we get indoctrinated. Because we don't have too much that tells the story of Jesus. But we get all of these fantasies about what this time represents. So if God was to do spectacles to show himself, we would uh, see it as something else. The world would change it, alter it, deceive it, because that's what it does. And we would get used to it. We would not have a passion for it. There would be no more shock and awe so that don't work. So how should God reveal himself? Maybe he should come down as one of us. But how should he do that? You know, God could have been anything, took in any form that he wanted to. But he didn't come as a a leader. Because we don't trust them. And he's not leading this world that Satan and we have built here. This sinful world. That's not what he's leading. That's not what he's representing. So for him to come as a world leader, that would be a false representation. He could have been a celebrity. He could have been Jesus Kardashian. But wait, that represents something that's not very savory, not very righteous. Because we get so involved and we worship the status of these people and not who they really are. We worship what we see. God came to us in truth. I am the truth. I am the way. Not some glamored up, photoshopped, fake image. He's not an idol. 
He tells us to avoid idols. And that's what today's modern celebrity is. He didn't come as a businessman or a politician. We have issues with that. He came as one of us. He fulfilled an image role that any of us could have been in. Because it was Jesus' purpose to come here and to live the life, to face the temptations, to face the sin that we do on a day-to-day basis. Not the 1%, not the elite, but the common folk. And we are likely to, to follow and to understand someone that we can relate to, someone that we feel has walked in our shoes. Jesus told the people, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you'd seen me, you've seen my Father. Why doesn't God reveal himself? He already has. He already has. He first did in a manger. As a baby. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. He already has. That baby started well before that time. And then he grew up and he revealed himself through everything that he did. He told us who he is. He never strayed from it. He fulfilled every prophecy. He became exactly who he they said that he was going to be. He performed the amazing acts. He fed tons of people out of basically nothing. He raised the dead, turned water to wine. He walked on water. And through all that, we as humans do exactly what we do. We 
dismiss it. God speaks to us. God has revealed himself to us, and he still will. So he's got to get you to that point of, of faith. And then once we get to that point, we can have that closer connection. And when we have that closer connection, we can start to see more and more of him. He was born as a baby in disadvantage. You know, based on how he came into the world, many of us had a deluxe version of a start. Nice, safe hospital, warm bed, everything that we needed. We can, we can relate. He didn't come to be out of reach. You know, we look at so many things of the world and it seems so unattainable or so impossible. Look what Jesus did. He came vulnerable as a baby. was able to conquer this world. He's given us so much. Everything he's done is done with purpose on it. Down to the details is the softness. It's so easy. People have soft spots for babies. There's no threat with a baby. It's defenseless. That's how Jesus came. Talk about being the Lamb of God. And we can see the relation of the the meekness, mildness, and gentleness of that Lamb and that baby. It's a welcome invitation that he's not threatening. We get this big idea that God is this vengeful, mean overlord. But if you have seen me, you have seen my father. And our first vision of Jesus is this baby. Think about that. The first thing that we come to, the first thing that we visualize is this Jesus starting out as this baby. God's telling us that I am gentle, I am meek, I am non-threatening to come to me. There is so many things that we can get wrapped up in and there's a lot of stress and anxiety that can come with this time of year. But 
only if we allow it to happen. And God doesn't care if there's lights hanging on your house. He don't care if there's a tree in your living room. Whatever it takes to get us to Jesus. For a lot of people, this is the only time a year that they see the inside of a church. So if the season is what it takes for that to happen, and if just a few words can get implanted and start making the difference, then it's all worth it. Remember, folks, every day is a day that the God made, and it has to be about what we do with it, what our heart is in the situation. Stop stressing over the details. And for the ones that are still looking, if you haven't made that commitment, or if you're one of the ones that's saying, if God will only show himself. Well, one thing you have to do is, if you want to see God, you have to take your hands off your eyes. For many of us, we're walking around, we have our eyes covered up, we're asking to see God, but it's kind of counterproductive because we're blindfolded. We have to look. We have to look. You know, we do this with, with, with hope. You know, we, we, we have hope, and we like the way hope feels. We like the anticipation of things. You know, that's why we buy lottery tickets, because we can think about all the cool things that we could do with all that money. And we like the way it makes us feel. And we like that little bit of a fantasy. And that's really the, the rush that we get from when we do those things. Well, there's another side of that, too, that we do when it comes to God. And that's not fully seeking Him. It's like, well, you know, I'd like to have a relationship with God, but I'm not willing to put myself out there for it because we're afraid about if we make that connection how's that really going to feel because we get bogged down we like to feel comfortable even in misery if we're used to misery we like to stay where we're at because it's comfortable because it's what we know it's what we're used to the Israelites were enslaved Slaves. They were slaves. They were forced to work for someone else without their freedom. And they were continually given harsher and harsher conditions to which to work. But then when they finally got free and they're out there in the unknown, what do they want to do? They want to go back. They talk about going back because at least they could, they could feed off the crumbs. You know, at least they, they had something. Because it didn't require any faith to be able to go forward with that. And it didn't require any of the unknown. You didn't have to really, you know what to expect. And, and we all have that as part of our human condition. So if we're not willing to change where we're at, you know, that's what accepting God is, is a change. We're moving on from what we were and becoming something completely new. And that can be scary. So if we're only halfway or partial of the way or, or, you know, we're kind of just giving a God a way out again. We do that all the time. We give God a way out. We're supposed to be full of faith. 
Whatever it is, we are to believe that God is going to make it happen. But then we give them a way out. Well, if it's your will, if it's intended, if it's all these things on there, and we do that whether we're seeking him as a believer or whether we're seeking him as a non-believer. I wish you all a very special holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, but at the bottom of it, I hope that if you get one thing, and that's a change in your heart to your condition. If you're not quite there yet, you're seeking God, you're looking for Him, you want that sign, I hope that you find it. I hope that you open your eyes, you uncover Him, and you'll see it because He's there. And if you already believe that you know who he is, I hope you build on that connection. That you become something more and better for him. And in return, you'll be something more and better for yourself, for your family, and for everyone around you.